Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the Outkick network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. A crazy age for a quarterback that if he gets dealt in a trade could mean a lot for a franchise. Outkick 360 rolls on our number two. Across the Outkick Network, we are live at 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Titans are discussing with the Nashville uh, authorities and, and uh, city mayor's office, administrators, about not just renovating the current stadium, building a brand new stadium. And it's my understanding the, the idea was if they do that, the footprint of the new stadium would be somewhere very close, like right next to nissan stadium within that property and so they would play hypothetically in the old stadium while the new stadium is being built then right it next door down. so it would create a parking fiasco for the time it takes well, there's a to lot of people asking about building. parking and what's gonna happen the parking lots are going away I mean, for a, a majority of it. I mean, the if they're going to use, if they have all that property, the and they can find the, ways to make money off some of those lots. Yeah, that parking's going to be reduced. There's going to be mixed use facilities, bars, restaurants. Well, they're condos, expecting that hotels. to extend uh, up and down the river, not necessarily to take away. Well, the parking I am lots, telling you, those, those condos lots, and bars and restaurants will need parking too year round, not just for eight right. Sundays. So the parking. I say that to say parking will be reduced in some way. Well, or there all the lots that I, are there well, now are not going to be. It'll there. be super reduced during a building if they're not imploding it and building the, it. The on flat the same land spot. will be reduced. The the renderings that we saw yeah, a year decks. and a half ago include massive garages. Um, so like all of that was in these renderings that you know some of us have seen. I guess I I, I don't know if it's public knowledge, uh, but I, I don't even well, know I if would, what they're doing on those renderings has has made it past like okay we're going to keep this and now we're considering yeah, a new stadium I, or if the new stadium completely out wipes out all of the previous talk i would say those renderings are null and void at this point because clearly they got into this and decided boy the renovation that we really wanted is way too expensive and we stadium. could just double that and have a brand new stadium and all this nice stuff around it so let's do that. So, so the number there, whatever plan is out there now is probably completely different well, than whatever separate, the rendering was. The but number there were two there, separate plans. There was one for what they want to do with Nissan Stadium and options for upper deck and and all all kinds of things. And then there was an option for what they wanted to do in the meantime, which was renovate the. If you're looking at the stadium from the city, the right side and all the property on the right side was going to be completely revamped from the pedestrian bridge connecting to the stadium. And that would be a, there would be an amphitheater, there would be shops and uh, stores, more or less what Fifth and Broadway is. Right. So the number that Nate Rao from Axios reported there was that the renovation was initially going to be six hundred million, and that it doubled. So if you're going to pay one point two billion for a renovation, the thinking is you might as well build a, a new stadium. Uh, they don't have a, a price there. They didn't talk roof or retractable or open. All that stuff is unknown. Um, 
you know, I don't know. Is there room behind Nissan Stadium if you built it right up almost against Nissan Stadium, say, where the pro shop is, that side of the stadium, to the motel in that parking lot? Is that wide enough to put a stadium? Because that's to me, is where the stadium would have to go if you were building it in the footprint that's over there without knocking down Nissan Stadium. And I'm not sure that's wide enough for a new age stadium that's going to have a significant footprint. To me, if that's not wide enough, you probably couldn't do it unless you're knocking down some stuff and really moving it. And honestly, it's in an ideal spot. So now you would, and the the spot I'm talking about would really be ideal because then you'd have equal space on both sides of it. Part of the ingress and egress problem of Nissan Stadium itself is that it's tight to the river and people never went to the side that's tight on the river to go in. And you'd have more on both the east and west sides of the stadium. But do you think there's enough space from the east side of the stadium to the interstate, say? I don't know. Maybe. I'll say this about the current stadium also, and some people will celebrate this, some will bemoan it. Uh, It's one of the last relics of old Nashville. When you look around downtown Nashville, there are very few things that look like Nissan Stadium. That is very much a 1990s version of Nashville. And look at Fifth and Broadway. Even look at the arena that was built in the late 90s and look around it. There are very few places that remind you of old school Nashville other than the lights on Broadway. But every single one of those bars on Broadway are very different than they were during old Nashville also. And this would just be another step of, the, of Nashville becoming brand new. Again, locals probably hate some of that, but people coming in town love it. No, it's funny. You mentioned the arena. The arena is much more renovatable and they've done, I think, a pretty good job, like year by year, updating things at the arena to keep it pretty up to date, though not maybe not, you know, as you're walking through the concourse, you don't think, wow, this is like a new modern arena, but a lot of the functionality of it is. But the next thing I thought of, Chad, is you're talking about everything being new on Broadway is Tootsie's. And Tootsie's is pretty damn renovated with the rooftop and and uh, and oh, everything. It's, it's not like I've been new. in there recently, but the facade is old. You know, it looks looks like old Tootsie's. The lights are better, but it's a it's a very new version of a very old place. So, Russell Wilson, if he's traded this offseason, would be joining a team at the age of just 33. Think about that. You're not trading for Aaron Rodgers, who's going to be, what, 38? Get Russell Wilson, who's already been to the Super Bowl twice at age 33. That, to me, is one to watch. Because that's the driving price, I think, that a team that like Seattle could use to completely revamp what they're doing if, in fact, they choose to go that direction. And if, if Russ wants out. At age 33, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that could be negotiated. I mean, is it, uh, is it uh, bigger and better than Matthew Stafford, who I think is also 33 or 34? It's similar age when he's traded to the Rams. I mean, that's, that's to me, kind of the barometer for the impact. Yep. And Russell Wilson, you know, he was with a winning franchise, so we got to see him win a Super Bowl and, and participate in another one. But it, it's huge for someone. I mean, it's huge for someone that feels like they're a, a, a really good quarterback away from competing for a Super Bowl. And I think you're right, Hutton. It's big for Seattle if they think this is time to just completely revamp and that they've, they've missed their they, – they're out of their window right now. 
I mean, talking about him still being young and having a lot in front of him. So what's the rationale for Seattle to 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 start over there? They, they don't they love give what, him up. Have you not followed the story? Yeah, they, they give him up. They don't they don't love the relationship. And instead, well, it's not of, even the relationship. They don't love their roster around him. And this is a way to retool the roster while also going and finding uh, the next young right, quarterback. You give him up, and the first thing you need is to replace him, which is the most difficult thing to do in the league. Well, I'll also argue that what is the use of having a Russell Wilson if you're going to finish dead last or third in your division? And that's, what the, that's where they are right now. What's the point? I mean, they you want to go – I think they won I think today's games. NFL is less about going 7-10 and 10 or 8-9 and well, nine yeah. and being but competitive Chad, this, this than is it is first, going for a Super Bowl. This was his first losing season. Yeah, no, but that, that's what I'm saying. He's doing everything he can, but well, if the roster around Seattle's you supports, good. supports a 7-10 and 10 or 8-9 and nine team, then what's the point of having Russell Wilson? Again, if Seattle is calculating we are a 7-10, and 8-9 and nine team, even with Russell Wilson, my question would be, what is the great value in having Russell Wilson if you're 7-10, and 8-9, and as opposed to trading Russell Wilson, getting a lot of capital in return, in in a year and a, in two years, building it back to where you're competing well, for the division. You've seen what you can do with better people around Russell Wilson. So go get better people around Russell Wilson. But your ability Modify. to go get better people in first round picks is in trading Russell Wilson. Well, they did it before without first round picks around Russell Wilson. Right. Correct. And and so Seattle's going to look at it. I think they just had. You know, I don't think they view their franchise as a seven and ten type team. No, it was an aberration they, with well, a bad then, finger then, and a bad Then what season? are we talking about? Russell, He's not on the training uh, guy, Russell Wilson is the one who wants out. Okay, Have but, we not followed this story yes, for months? but to Paul's point, why would Seattle listen then? I'm trying to give you a reason. I don't think they're going to listen. They think would listen staying. to Russell Wilson. They I will just keep staying. him and hold him hostage I, I, if not. The quarterbacks, the quarterbacks right now, have more juice than they've ever had to get out of the market that they want to get out of right now. All right, well, why does Russell Wilson want out of Seattle if they're so damn good? Because their offense sucks. Okay. They're built through the defense and the run and game. And this is exactly what I'm saying. If, if, if you're Seattle and you've got a quarterback who doesn't want to be there because the offense sucks, if you want to make the offense better, then you could trade the quarterback who doesn't want to be there in the first place and go get draft capital in return. If not, you're going out and saying, all right, we'll get you a running back. We'll get you a tight end in the draft and see if that helps and see if that makes you happy. But if not, what are we talking? I don't think Seattle's in a spot to contend for that division right now. So if that's the case, Russell Wilson wants to go to a Super Bowl contender. In Seattle, I'm trying to think of this from Seattle's but, terms. If there's any way they would actually make that move, it's because they want to go into a quick rebuild mode. Seattle, though, Chad, is 100% in the, in the contention for the postseason. They may not win the division. They can finish second next year in a heartbeat. They're losing Jimmy Garoppolo in, in San Francisco. So you're Arizona saying Trey Lance is better. Is, is Arizona can't finish a at season. A um, and if Arizona can make the postseason this year with the finish that they had, Seattle can certainly do it too. They were 12 and, tw- 12 and 4 in 2020 through 40 touchdown passes. But again, the, he's the one who has started this by saying he wants to open up the offense. He wants the offense to be more through him. And right now he runs for his life on every down. He's, he's a huge reason why they're winning games at the extent they have. And I, he, it's, there's no doubt that the reports are true. He's sitting down with Aaron Andrews on Fox prior to Thursday night football discussing it on a boat dock the night before. Um, so if, if he wants out, I think he can maneuver himself out of Seattle um, the same way that Aaron Rodgers can certainly do it right now too in Green Bay. 
And at age 33, I think Seattle, unlike other quarterback situations, can ask for more in return because of how much he has left to show um, for the career that we expect him to have over the next, what, seven or eight years? Which is kind of crazy to think about that we're discussing 40-year-old quarterbacks now. But, I mean, he also he wants things to – he wants them to pass more or run it more through the passing game. His last full season, 2020, when I just said he threw for 40 – he threw 40 touchdowns, the same as Tom Brady, by the way. He threw 558 times, which was seventh in the league. I mean, it's not like he was majorly suppressed. There was a conversation it's about not, let Russ cook for a while, and they sort of no, started to. No, they don't. He runs for his life there. If you watch the Seahawks, they are built through the run game and through their defense. And while they've got DK Metcalf, they don't target him after the first quarter um, for you know series upon series. And they've got Lockett and Metcalf, but yet they don't have an offensive line that can protect their quarterback. I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm not talking about the protection. And he runs for his life, absolutely. He threw more than Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, Derek Carr in 2020. He threw plenty. I just don't understand why, if his problem is with the offense and the scheme and what they're doing and how they're basing the offense, why your first move would be trade me and not get rid of the offensive coordinator and let's bring in a guy that's more conducive to I my ability. They so they've already they done that. Daryl Bevel was in Jacksonville last year. Then do it again. Year. I mean, I, the, the, if they're so good, which I disagree with, and the, you know they're going to uh, compete for the division next year, then just let Ru- – instead of Russell Wilson coming in and saying, I want to get traded, hire a coach that's Russell Wilson approved and run the offense he wants and see how that works. Well, I think with that's, a 33-year-old that's quarterback really who's his great. big objection is that he hasn't had enough say-so kind of what Aaron Rodgers, Correct. a parallel objection to that. And Pete Carroll is not giving that up very regularly. But he's got good weapons. I mean, Lockett and Metcalf are a pretty damn good duo to throw to. It, 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 that team, I, I don't love that team, Chad, but I don't think uh, – John Schneider's a pretty damn good drafter, efficient. Um, they've had a couple down years, quote unquote, down years with personnel, not with record. Two years ago, twelve and four. Yeah, look, I, I'm not saying they're bad. They're you know they're not the Jets, they're not the Jags or anything close to that. But if I'm buying stock on a franchise, I'm selling right now with Seattle, uh, with the with the way this season went and the way they look now with a disgruntled quarterback. And he talked last off season, but we haven't heard from him since, right? Maybe from through his people. Who? Uh, Russ. No, I just said we heard from him uh, prior to the the Fox telecast for Thursday Night Football with Aaron Andrews. With Aaron Andrews. It was and that was their featured interview where she asked directly about the, you know, are you in Pete Carroll cool or do you you, you see yourself as a future the Seahawk? And he, he answered it all the right way that you would expect where there's not a lot of controversy. But he's also not answering the he same way. Crash it. Yeah. Um, so I, I think there's there's smoke there. I would also, I think there is a... There is a potential free agent, number one free agent you're going to see on all these lists um, where the franchise tag determines the path for these quarterbacks because the domino is Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers has said, and I, I believe he told Pat McAfee, and if not, it was in a press conference right after the season with all the media. He said he would have a decision sooner rather than later so that, that the Packers free agents would know the direction of the franchise. The Packers are either going to bottom out or they're going to try to maneuver a cap and go back all in 
their their cap situation's terrible, to build around Aaron Rodgers moving forward. But Devontae Adams is the linchpin here. Devontae Adams is scheduled to be a free agent. The Packers could franchise him, which is going to be around $20 million. They right now are in like deep into the negatives on where their cap situation is going to be if they just try to bring everybody back. They can't. They have to make a lot of roster moves to bring Rodgers and Adams back. But if they get, re- if they get assurances that Rodgers is back in the mix and they franchise tag Adams, who cut off all negotiations in July for a contract extension and has certainly been vocal about wanting to play with Aaron Rodgers, if they franchise tag Adams, Rodgers is going back to Green Bay. If, they, if Rodgers gives no indication of that, get ready, because both of those guys are about to be available, one through trade, one on the open market. The window for that starts next week. And go, goes about three weeks for tagging. No, the, the window for tag begins March 8th. Free agency begins March 16th. You can tag a player beginning March 8th. Um, or by March 8th, I believe. The deadline. So I think by March 8th would, is when we'll know about Rodgers and Adams' future. And that, to me, Paul, that sets in motion Russell Wilson, Carr, Cousins, all this talk. Wentz. That's where we can pick up with Armando Salguero, who is about to join us. Covers the NFL for, for Outkick.com. A lot of moving parts as we begin the offseason. Devontae Adams right now is listed as the top available free agent. Green Bay shouldn't let him get there. They've got a lot of structure and maneuvering to do and a convincing to do with Rodgers that they're not in a rebuild mode. And by tagging Adams, that's one step in the right direction if they can do it. Armando joins us. We'll discuss what the Rams are up to moving forward with McVay, um, with their, their strong defense, uh, but some key pieces contemplating whether or not they, they'll be back in L.A. Salguero next on OutKick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Armando Salguero about to join us. Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. Paul's right. The, you've got the franchise tag ability starting next week. The deadline is on March 8th. Devontae Adams is out there for Green Bay. Then there's all this quarterback talk. And now is Aaron Donald going to be back? Sean McVay, what's he doing? They're talking run it back at the parade. They're, Al- they're slurring run it back. Alcohol <laughs> talking parade. too. Yeah, that's a lot of slurred run it backs at that parade. Armando, as we head into officially NFL offseason mode, what is the top storyline for you as you cover the league for Outkick.com? So it's definitely not Devontae Adams, okay? Because that's not a story. Devontae Adams is not going to be a free agent. He's not going to hit free agency. He's not going to play for any other team. The Green Bay Packers will either sign him to a contract or put a franchise tag on him. End of story. Next. 
Um, well, let me pick up there. Let me pick up there because I, in reading in, in reading around the league last night, if Green Bay gets any indication from Rodgers that he's out, they they're more in a rebuild mode than they are. Let's invest in Devontae Adams, are they not? That that's kind of the discussion is what does Rodgers do and how does that impact Adams? Right. So uh, the idea that what does Rodgers do, what he really has the opportunity to do is retire. The other opportunity that he has to do is to come back and play for one of the better teams in the NFC. Um, the, the whole, what does Aaron Rodgers do? Does he force his way out? How'd that work last year when he really wanted to get out? Uh, if, if we saw Aaron Rodgers at the awards ceremony where he was named most valuable player, we understand now that his situation, his relationship with the Green Bay Packers, with management, with the higher ups is way better, in a much better place than it was at this time last year. Having said that, if, if, if he is of the mind to go somewhere else, it's going to take two to tango. And from everything that I've been told, the Green Bay Packers are not going to tango. They're more like a cha-cha type of team. They're more like the hustle, but they're not going to tango with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you don't trade Aaron Rodgers if you can help it. And, and it's a great story for all of us, right? What does Aaron Rodgers do? Aaron Rodgers plays for the Green Bay Packers or he retires. And I, this segment will be great for old takes exposed, but barring a significant change in what is going down in the next couple of, couple of weeks, that's going to be the choice, I think. We're going to send it to Old Takes Exposed when he's a Bronco, Armando. I, <laughs> I, I think he's staying. I think he's staying too. But wasn't part of what patched things up last year a promise that they deal him if that's what he ultimately wanted this off season? I'm not sure that that's. Exa- I mean, I'm not sure that that's exactly true. I do know this: that he and Brian Gutenkunz, the 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 GM, had a strained relationship simply because Aaron Rodgers wanted say over the direction of the team. He was, he was torqued off by the drafting of Jordan Love in the first round when he thought that drafting a wide receiver or a tight end or an offensive lineman or a running back would have been better. And so that was something that he was really upset about. But they've discussed it. They've actually, you know, they actually – brought in players because of Aaron Rodgers. They addressed that situation. Uh, Brian went out to his house to meet him. They've been talking this entire season. And let's let's pull back because we're kind of uh, in the weeds here. Aaron Rodgers, I, I wrote this on OutKick, I think, last week. They start to run together now at this point after the Super Bowl. So you look at the AFC where the Denver Broncos play. Let's see. In the AFC West, you have Patrick Mahomes. You have Justin Herbert. And you have Derek Carr. The rest of the AFC has Josh Allen. 
The rest of the AFC is loaded with good quarterbacks. The NFC, where the Green Bay Packers play, Tom Brady just went home. But Armando, do you think that Aaron Rodgers thinks that way? I I totally get what you're saying, and I understand the competitive imbalance of quarterbacks in both conferences, but I also don't think that Aaron Rodgers and great quarterbacks in the league think like you and I when it comes to that. Aaron Rodgers thinks, oh, if I go to the AFC, now I'm the best quarterback. I'm the two-time defending MVP, so it doesn't matter what other quarterbacks that are less than me are competing with me for the AFC crown. Any normal guy, I'd agree with you. Chad, yeah, uh, this guy hosted Jeopardy. <laughs> so he is a very calculating dude, and I believe he is one of those guys. I mean, he looks at the crowd in Chicago to gauge their reaction to <laughs> down. He is a very introspective guy, and I definitely believe he has uh, a view of the entire horizon. So the top storyline to you is? Well, definitely the Aaron Rodgers thing. Also, you know, the whole quarterback dynamic this entire offseason with quarterbacks who are actually going to be making significant moves. Jimmy Garoppolo, where does he go? Deshaun Watson, where does he get traded? Does Jameis Winston re-sign with New Orleans? Or does someone step up? Someone told me that when he got hurt, He was on course, he being Winston, to throw 34 touchdown passes this year uh, with seven interceptions. My guess is someone would 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 be attracted by that. Um, I'm just thinking there are quarterbacks that are going to be available. Carson Wentz is likely to be available. So those are the guys that I would I would suggest will be the stories that we really look at. We know that, uh, so, so Adams aside, several wide receivers are scheduled to be free agents. And while teams can certainly slap the franchise tag, the franchise tag for wide receivers is around $20 million. Chris Godwin's coming off ACL surgery. Um, he is among the top wide receivers. Mike Williams with the LA Chargers is another player. I think the wide receiver, wide receiver market's intriguing because these guys may not demand that type of money, but if they hit the open market, they may not get the big-time deal that you know Adams is certainly asking for. He wants to be in new money. He wants to receive the highest-paid salary of any receiver. And on the free agent market, these guys would be competing against each other, certainly not franchise tag-worthy. You agree? Absolutely not. They're all, they've all got a yeah-but right. situation. You know, obviously, Chris Godwin is coming, is a great receiver and probably a great number two receiver. But, you know, the knee surgery, mm-hmm. obviously, Odell. all these guys have injury histories. And I don't think any of them have the credentials of a Devontae Adams. Of course, not too many of them got the ball from Aaron Rodgers either. Devontae Adams is clearly the guy. Um, I would say to you, the draft is also going to be not a, you know, this is going to be a weird draft in that there are no star quarterbacks. There are no star receivers. There are no star pass rushers that are for sure Aaron Donald types or, uh, you know, 
guys that are going to go in the top two or three. I know that the kid from Michigan, everybody loves, eh, <laughs> you know, okay, that's fine. Um, but it's a, it's going to be a weird draft. I think free agency is going to be very active this year as a result. We know Armando that the Rams, you know, they can't completely run it back the way Tampa did this year with all 22 starters coming back because Andrew Wentworth is probably going to retire. But what's the likelihood that they actually match up with those drunken proclamations and that they can run it back to a great extent with those star players coming back, given their cap situation and maybe some flexibility in what they can do with restructuring some contracts? Right. Well, Odell Beckham Jr. is another one of those, Mm -hmm. yeah, free agent wide receivers because he's a free agent wide receiver, but four days ago he blew out his, his knee. And so is he even going to be ready for the start of the season? Um, There are multiple issues with the Rams, quote unquote, running it back. Von Miller wants to test free agency. He loves L.A. God sent him to L.A., according to Von Miller, but he wants to check out free agency. He can stay there. There's two teams there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, that would not be a bad idea for, for the. Los Angeles Chargers, um, although they probably could use better coaching decisions <laughs> fourth down. So all those guys, you know, they, obviously Eric Weddle is, is done. He's going to retire again, and he's not coming back. Whitworth is going to retire. He's not coming back. Um, what we believe we understand to be true is that Sean McVay will be the head coach of the Los Angeles Rams when they come back for the 2022 season to defend their championship. Um, But what we saw with Tampa Bay last year where everybody came back. Yeah. That's not happening in Los Angeles. There's kind of a pre free agency holiday now with the cap where there's a purge with people getting cut. So there are 11 teams who are over the cap. Some of them significantly. $75 $75 million, the site's showing me, with the Saints, $50 million for the Packers. Nine others that are $9 million or less uh, who probably need to jiggle stuff. You're expecting a, an outpouring of good names on the street again that add to we've got the list of the free agents, but now they're going to shovel a whole bunch more in, into the field here before free agency starts as they get level with the cap. Absolutely. Um, although, you know, we're talking about uh, guys that are maybe a little overpaid and some of that over the cap stuff, Paul, for example, the Rams are $20 million over the cap and it looks terrible for them because you're $20 million over the cap. Uh, they're going to save $16 million on the cap when Whitworth retires. So, so it doesn't look so bad for them right now. Uh, you know, it, my, my experience, and I'm sure you guys are aware of this and have seen it happen time and time and time again, what looks like daunting cap situations, the Dallas Cowboys, oh my gosh, they've got like 20 decisions that they need to make to be able to be A, under the cap, B, feel, you know, feel the team. But 
typically what happens is the market reaches for the teams, not the other way around. And what I mean by that is when you have that many teams that are struggling to be at in cap compliance, very few teams really want to step out and overpay for somebody else's, I don't want to say trash, but someone else's discards. Um, you know, you, you have some crazy teams. The Miami Dolphins have $70 million in cap space, and they don't know what they're doing anyway. So obviously they'll overpay anybody. But the really good teams, the teams that are aware that you don't build championships in free agency, the Los Angeles Rams didn't. You don't build championships in free agency. Um, you know, they'll they'll work this in a manner that is a lot more logical and intelligent than what we might guess. Armando, I'm glad that you brought up the Dolphins because I am loving your guy down there, uh, Mike McDaniel, so far, and uh, some of the things he said. What has been the reaction to him as the Dolphins head coach? Uh, what What's your takeaway so far in just trying to gather, you know, what's real uh, with everything he's saying in press conferences, interviews, everything else, and what is that direction for the franchise now with all of that cap room? Right, so... They are in, we're going to make the team as good as we can make it so that we raise Tua's play and his level of play. I've seen this movie before. It doesn't end well. Uh, I think now the Tennessee Titans have seen the movie before. Um, anyway, but I digress. The idea that you've got to surround uh, um, a middling quarterback with a lot of talent so that he can raise his level of play is fool's gold, in my opinion, because you have other teams that are raising or trying to surround their really elite quarterbacks with as much talent as possible. And ultimately, you still have a middling quarterback surrounded with talent as opposed to an elite quarterback surrounded with talent. It doesn't work. The, it, it never results in a championship. It never results in the ultimate prize. And I think um, it, it's kind of funny because I've seen it for 30 years, and it's almost like people forget that this happened a decade ago. Every decade or so, the Miami Dolphins have a quarterback that they want to build around. Guess what? You don't build around the quarterback. The quarterback is the build, and then you fill out. If the quarterback doesn't elevate people, you have no chance. People are not going to elevate the quarterback to elite levels, period. It's not going to happen. Amen. The first domino to fall will be an Indy with Carson Wentz and what they decide to do with him. Because on the third day of the league year, league year begins March 16th. On March 18th, he's due $7 million from the organization if he's on the roster. Um, if they can't move him, they'll cut him by then. And if they're moving on from him, I'm, I'm not sure if they're what plan's in place. But Armando, there's something brewing beneath the surface there 
and that could entail maybe Jimmy G somewhere else uh, with with a trade. But they're not moving Wentz without a plan, and it's certainly not a plan to the draft right now. Yeah, I don't understand that whole dynamic. And that was reported by Chris Mortensen of ESPN that Indy is moving on from Carson Wentz. Uh, Okay. Uh, Carson Wentz has a lot of flaws, right? Uh, We can all agree on that. He has not met the potential that he had early on. But is he, like, terrible? Is he better than nothing? Uh, And... It's going to be hard to move Carson Wentz, to trade Carson Wentz, when the team with the coach who basically believed in Carson Wentz more than anyone is basically saying, we give up. We're waving the white flag and we can't do anything with this guy. Uh, that, that's not a good selling point to me. Uh, that When Frank Reich who is the biggest advocate for Carson Wentz decides he no longer wants to advocate for Carson Wentz. If I'm one of 31 other teams, I might decide, no, no, thanks. (laughs) What? Because he knows something that we don't know. And, and we're not going to deal with that. So trading him is going to be a little tougher than, than what I think everybody portends. Dak Prescott wants to help the Cowboys make decisions this offseason. Uh, some quarterbacks have, have reached this level. Uh, are, are you uh, con- concerned that every quarterback uh, apparently wants to reach this level now, and is Dak Prescott above that line? Yeah, Kyler Murray is, is also wanting that. Last year, Aaron Rodgers wanted that. Last year, Russell Wilson wanted that. Tom Brady wanted that. Which one of those guys does not belong in this conversation? Tom Brady, he belongs. Aaron Rodgers, he belongs. Russell Wilson, he belongs. Dak Prescott, (laughs) really? Murray, really? Um, I think with Dak, it's more along the lines of, I'd like to know and offer my opinion. Uh, I I don't believe he is demanding, Paul, that he gets a say. And to be honest with you, look, if I'm running an NFL team, I think it's a good idea to involve your your so-called number one, you know, face of the franchise guy in what you're thinking and get his thoughts. And then you do what you believe is best. I think that's what all of these guys want. Um, I'm not sure that they're demanding that we do what I say, because that just, you know, with Jerry Jones, I know that's a bad, that's a bad road to go down. Yeah. I don't need to, I don't know that you need to say it out loud. Like keep it in house. Why why do you want to be in a headline saying that doesn't make sense to me? Well, the way is he was asked. And so he said kind of, yeah, that'd be good to know. Good to, you see, this is the media thing with, with, we ask, they answer and then we pounce. That's fair. So, you know, he, he wasn't looking for the next reporter on a street corner and bringing him over. And going, hey, I got these quotes for you in my jacket. Uh, you know, it wasn't that. And it's here's your story. 
he was asked and he answered and it was again i'd like to have a say i'd like to give my opinion wait so he he didn't scrub his social media of all thing cowboys he didn't do that that's different yeah Yeah. tyler murray had a little hissy fit but (laughs) armando always appreciate is that the super bowl hat you're wearing la it is it is my super bowl hat looks good it looks good it was great to have you on the show last week in person we always appreciate these visits Gentlemen, it's always my pleasure. God bless you. Thanks, Armando. Armando Salguero. He's very young and hip. He left the sticker on there. Yeah, I've noticed he's done that with a number of hats. Yeah. Very young. Youthful. You keep your stickers on? Simon approves of that method. Yeah, The stickers on the hat. Some headlines when we return, including uh, another example of the tough road for Joe Burrow to get back to where he was on Sunday. Southkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. So there are plenty of examples to show how difficult it is for Joe Burrow and the Bengals to get back, even if they spend their allotted money for the cap. And we see Mike Brown do something we haven't seen much from Cincinnati in the past. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. I have a list of the last 16 quarterbacks to lose in their Super Bowl debut. There's a common theme here. Jimmy Garoppolo, Jared Goff, Matt Ryan, Cam Newton, Colin Kaepernick, Rex Grossman, Matt Hasselbeck, Donovan McNabb, Jake Delhomme, Rich Gannon, Kerry Collins, Steve McNair, Chris Chandler, Drew Bledsoe, Neil O'Donnell, Stan Humphreys. How often do those guys come up in conversation? Not Very often. Rarely. Jimmy, trying- Jimmy G on whether or not he's a capable starter. I'm trying um, some to of think those guys of, are just not very good. Yeah, and of those guys, did any of them make it back? I don't think so. I mean, some of the guys are just not very good. They're also, I no, mean, Jerry Goff right. is the number one overall pick that made it to a Super Bowl in year two. So, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, uh, year three. You've got uh, Burrow, who did it last year, number one overall but pick. But I think the feeling about Goff, correct me if I'm wrong, was they made it kind of despite him, like or they, they minimized him. It was a different team. I mean, you know, they, it was just different style. They were very much a run-oriented, play-action pass. Didn't ask a ton of Jared Goff yeah, that Cam season. Newton's a former league MVP. Matt Ryan is as well. They haven't been back since their Super Bowl debuts. It's crazy uh, when you go through that list. And I know Cincinnati fans are hoping, you know, Joe Burrow uh, is less Jared Goff. And this is funny to say, but more Dan Marino, who got to the Super Bowl early on, but then didn't get back. You know, but it was obviously an all-time great. So that, that's a crazy list. By the way, I just had a bison bar during the break yeah. that David Reed so kindly offered up to me. Really? Um, I asked no questions. Jerky. He said, do you want a bison bar? I said, yes. I consumed the bison bar, and it was delicious. And everybody said, is it like jerky? It's, I mean, I guess it looks a little bit like jerky. Or is it like in a baggie? I mean, I, you know, Reed killed the bison. Yeah. and uh, I feel yeah, like Reed would jerky. not have offered it up had he been a huge fan of the bison bar. I kind of agree. Reed, no, I love the bison bar, but Chad was a brother in need. And I wanted to reach out. Chad, would you dare say that that bison bar was epic? <laughs> it was indeed epic.
It it was Can like I a see the it, rest it's of the cranberry. It's it's bison and cranberry. Bison uncured bacon and cranberry. There it is. It was really good. I was I, look. I said we're here at Six and Peabody. Protenius. and you got an option to get some hot dogs here at Six and Peabody. And during the break, I spoke up and said, "I'd really like a hot dog, but I'm going to wait till dinner now." And then Reed said, "Would you like a bison bar instead?" And I said, Chad, Absolutely. tomorrow we we will dine on venison. Oh, venison. Oh, yeah. I love I love venison. <laughs> Reed, I mean, this is a hell of an advertising pitch. You holding that box up next to your face? I, I, mean, I think we should just get more obscure Reed products in and just continue. It's almost like the Wayne's World bit. You continue to pitch it until someone you know ponies well, up. I want to steal this idea. Do you have a second? From Taskmaster. They have a, the first contest in each episode of Taskmaster is everybody has to bring in something that fits something. The most lavish thing in your house or whatever. Just make something up. Then technically, whoever wins, it's judged by the host and whoever wins it gets to keep all of it i'm sure they don't but if we came up with a category and then had somebody judge dylan judged it and me the three of us and reed brought it in each week i think it could be pretty funny um adam who's working with us uh, as an intern this semester just walked in with a bowl of soup and that was so stunning is that the to corn me chowder out of the things to eat here he just walked in what, what is, is it, it? What's it's the, the dessert, dessert. The pudding? I mean, we're learning new things about 6th and Peabody every time we're in here. I didn't know they had dessert. Name the dessert. At this place. It looked like a bowl, bowl of ranch dressing. I got really excited. <laughs> oh, that is, that's dessert cream. for Reed. That counts as dessert <laughs> for You should have got the soup. Coming up, we've got the 360 headlines. Give me another spoon. Curious uh, hatred in the NFL. It's very tough to figure out. I just want these two dudes to fight it out. And then later in the AFC South, big decisions to be made over the next month. We discuss on 360.